Holiday greetings from Budweiser. The people who bring you Budweiser wish you and yours the very best of everything this holiday season. VIP listeners, you are now on the mark. This is our holiday bowl season episode. We're here at the On the Mark Media Center. It's a chilly December night, and when you get into mid-December, you know it's holiday bowl season. You also know there's a lot of important football being played. The Eagles and Cowboys just had a big game this past Sunday where the Eagles couldn't come through with the win, so it's looking like their season's over. We have a live recap uh, from a guy who was there. Our good friend Johnny Donnie will be joining us for a brief recap, and then we'll be jumping right into holiday bowl season. Now, Benny, I know you have a lot of thoughts on that Cowboys-Eagles game. There's a lot of pissed-off people out there, but you're not one of them. No, not at all, Marky. I loved it. I had a great time watching that game. I mean, it was the defensive war I predicted in for the first, what, three quarters of the game? And then turned into, obviously, the slugfest that showcased Amari Cooper's talents, which killed me in one of my fantasy leagues. But I won't bore people with that news. I'll say this, Benny. It was one of the games of the year. Now, I know a lot of our Philadelphia listeners don't want to hear that because, you know, their team did not pull it out. But... It was really a fantastic game, uh, one of the more memorable games of this season, and it was a really a good Sunday in general in the NFL. You had the Dolphins winning on the Miami Miracle play, which was unbelievable. Crazy. Uh, the Raiders upsetting the first place Steelers. Yeah. And, you know, there, there was other games that were just good football. Yeah, I enjoyed my Sunday. Went 4-1 and one on this Sunday. Got myself right up towards that money, but I'll tell you what, it was entertaining as all hell, and it was a great game, that Eagles-Cowboys. It was America's Game of the Week, Mark. Yeah, we like to mock that title, America's Game of the Week. It's like, who's to say what America's Game of the Week is? That's so, it's up to the person themselves to decide yeah. what their Game of the Week is. And we decide after we watched all the games uh, yeah, and we pick the best uh, one. Right, right, but they Fox just puts out a dis- disclaimer every week. That whoever the Cowboys play is America's game of the week. Mm-hmm. Somehow. But hey, that's, as we say, the power of Jerry Jones. Now, these bowl games, big players sit out now. To me, it's a business decision I understand. Especially if you're a projected first-round pick. But I still love it because on a weekday afternoon, you have a college football game going on. Yeah. I love the bowl season. It's maybe my favorite season of the entire year. Seriously. And here's the other thing. I like this college football playoff setup this year. I like the four teams that are in there. I think the uh, Notre Dame-Clemson matchup is intriguing as all hell. And I love the Oklahoma-Bama matchup. Definitely. I love the fact that Oklahoma gets their shot at Bama because I think they're one of the few teams next to Clemson that could actually compete with them. I don't think Notre Dame could. So on this episode, guys, we're going to be picking some bowl games for you. We're actually going to be picking all of them, giving all you the full them. slate. Yeah. And Benny's going to have that good betters insight. So have your notepads. Great Vegas knowledge coming at you, guys. Have your notepads out and be ready to go. So John, uh, Johnny Donnie will be joining us very shortly, gang. 
In fact, Benny's firing up the On The Mark hotline now. VIP listeners, we now have Johnny Donnie on the line. Listen, John, I'm glad you made it back from Dallas safely. I'm sorry the Eagles did not get the win for you, but you did witness one hell of a game down there. How was the trip? What would you think of the game? Well, the trip itself was pretty good. We had, you know, we, we had a great time, all things considered. Uh, the game itself, like you said, was pretty much a classic game almost. Um, it didn't start all that well, and it certainly didn't end that well. But, uh, you know, they made a nice little comeback in the fourth. Um, you know, kind of freak play to, to end the game, but it is what it is. It's the way the ball, ball bounces sometimes. And, you know, the season's probably over at this point, but... I mean, I, I guess technically they're still alive mathematically in a wild card situation, but yeah, I, I don't see much hope at this point. Yeah, the numbers are very, very slim. What was the reaction? Because you said you were sitting with a crew of Eagles fans. What was the reaction, you know, on that opening kickoff in your section amongst the, your fellow Eagles fans? I mean, from we were actually right in front of where the fumble happened. Uh, we were facing it. And uh, I, I had actually turned to my brother before opening kickoff. I said, Dallas is going to fumble this. And when they did, he was like, punch me. Like, get, get the hell out of here. The... But, you know, we watched everybody in the stadium watched the same replay. Um, we were all looking at each other like, oh, yeah, it's a fumble. The Eagles offense actually came out in the field. Dallas's offense walked off, and their defense was already on the field. Um, we were all kind of quasi-celebrating. And then it in an instance, we were like, wait, what, what the, what the hell just happened? Yeah. How, how, you know, I, you don't want to use the refs as an excuse. Um, you know, the refs didn't, didn't necessarily help, but they also weren't the ones that were scoreless in the first half. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's kind of how I was looking at it. That's kind of how I was trying to qualm the, uh, the anger of some Eagles fans that I was around, you know, afterwards. I was explaining to them, the way the Eagles offense played and the way Elliott kicks, I don't even know if they were guaranteed to get three points at the least if they were, you know, three and outed. You send Elliott out there, he misses extra points every now and then. I believe he yeah. missed one Sunday. So so even if they do recover that, and even if they do come away with three, I wouldn't say it would be a mortal lock three points the way the Eagles offense played early in that game. No, but it definitely changes the momentum and the tempo of the game. I mean, you're... That would, it, it sucks the whole energy out of the stadium. Basically, at that point, you're you're giving the ball up inside your own twenty. You know, like we said, it's no lock, but you would think they were, you know, very good odds that they score points there. And like we said, it changed the whole complexion of that game. No, uh, you know, I, I'm with you. Of course, there's there's good odds that they would score there. I found it interesting when the Eagles got that turnover, right? And they made they they ran a quick. I think it was like a little two-yard type slant play around the goal line for their uh, first touchdown of the game. Yes. Remember when they did that group celebration? Yes. What? I couldn't really – that was at the other end of the stadium. Okay, I, I didn't co- know if that I was the same really, side as you. Yeah, no, I was sitting the other end, and I couldn't really see what was going on. i just seen a bunch of Cowboys standing around, and I didn't I, – I knew they were trying to prevent something. I, I couldn't see what it was. I actually haven't even seen a replay. I've seen quick snip snippet of it, but I haven't gone back and watched it yet. You're in your heart of hearts, honest opinion. When you see your team, they've been 
kept at bay to say the least. And then their defense sets them up uh, in within the red zone, and they score from you know only a couple yards out. Do you think it's warranted a group celebration there? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Um, they're just out there having fun. I know they kind of did that whole thing. They they kind of almost started the group celebrations last year, if you remember correctly. Yes, uh, the uh, out, the home run swing. And, yeah. Yep. 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 So it's it's not nothing new for them per se. Um, you know, like I said, they're just out there having fun. Um, in a game like that. I, I don't know. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. I, it's I, whatever. I don't. You're, you know, I tell people, and and that's why we have you on the show. I think you're one of the best Eagles fans around because you're level-headed, you're objective, but you're loyal as can be. And uh, you know, we we really respect that about you. Myself and Benny, we try to be the same way with our teams. Uh, it's uh, it's not easy sometimes following these NFL teams. And you do a, a good job of keeping your emotions intact. Was there any moment during the game when it kind of set in, like, you know, because there were multiple times in that game where the Eagles looked like they were going to lose, and the implications of that are pretty much season over. Did you lose it at any point? Did you slam the chair behind you? Did you hit anything? Did you get pissed off at any point? I, I, I it was more a feeling of like just deflated. Um, I I didn't feel it until I seen Cooper catch the deflection. Really, yeah. when he when when I seen him catch it, you know your your heart kind of drops and you're just like, oh shit, like yeah. Cause what I, more can we do? Kind of thing. Yeah, and I I felt as though like in the first half they were just hanging around. I was like, they're not. They're not. Dallas isn't putting them away. Like I, I felt like the it was a thirty point lead at this time, and it was, it just wasn't. And you know they get the the turnover, the test pump, the quick score, and you're kind of right back in it. Um, and like we said, they were Dallas had left a ton of points on the on the board themselves. Yeah. They had a missed field goal turnover they in had the a end missed zone. Field goal, turnover in the end zone, bad pass to Michael Gallup, yep. intercepted and set the Eagles up like. I, I, I at one point I thought, okay, this is it. Like, this could save their season because Dallas didn't put them away. You know, and then again, I'm not blaming the refs because the Eagles didn't play well, but there were some very, very questionable calls on top of just that fumble. You know, the uh, offensive pass interference on Dallas Goddard. Yeah, that was brutal. Which, on the same play, they missed a helmet to helmet. Mm hmm. And again, I know some of those foul, some of those calls are ticky tack, but they are the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it's said, just one. At of the end th- of the day, at the end of the day, it's it's on them for starting flow. It's been their mo all season, really. Sure. And as much pull as these refs do have, they do sway games. This, that, and the other. We know that if if you watch the NFL consistently. It's really no surprise to, to a fan. They expect it almost. And it's yeah. just like something you got to overcome at times. And when you're good, you find a way to overcome it. And when right. you're average, just sometimes you just can't – you're not good enough to overcome it. In that game, the Cowboys had more penalties than the Eagles. Now I understand the certain crucial calls like the um, 
the pass interference, the offensive pass interference phantom call, and the clear fumble recovery call. Those are major calls. But the Cowboys had more penalties on them than the yeah. Eagles did. I mean, the yeah, NFL, and I also I also felt in a sense too. So some of them were the quote unquote makeup calls. Yes, I saw a lot Just, of that. Even going both ways. Yeah, and and I'll be honest too. I I never seen the. The, the flag that was thrown on Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, uh, that the was the first. The that was the first time I think that's been called all year, where the offensive player lowered his head. Uh, yeah, I I'd never seen that called myself. I know, and I I was actually a little stunned. Me too. But apparently, it's a rule. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, John, I, I call it the National Flag League. There's, it's, it's yeah. you gotta overcome the flags. That's just a part of that's this kinda... league right now. That's kind of what what I was saying to what after every stop on third down or after every big play that they had, like, is there a flag down? Let's restart. Yeah, yeah. When I, celebrating, is when there a flag? I watch a game, when I watch an NFL game, whether it's my team or not, I don't really even acknowledge a play or celebrate a play until I see that there are no flags on the field. And it, yes. it's, it's actually one of the uh, bad things, one of the – main negative impacts of having review and having flags, all these rules and flags that you can't live in the moment when you watch these games. And even in Major League Baseball, on a bang-bang play anymore, you really can't live in the moment. And as a fan, that does hurt the fan's experience. Yeah. It, in, in a way, um, but at the same time, too, you, you, you want to make sure the right call is being made. Um Especially like you said in baseball, I don't mind the reviews. I'd rather see a call get right than I'd rather see a call be right than you know an umpire playing a part in a game. Right. And I, I, I get that. I get that. But I I understand both sides of it. I I get where you're coming from too. Now my final Eagles point. I'm very concerned with Doug Peterson's handle on this team. I'm starting to lose a little bit of faith in him. Uh, the first red flag for me was writing the book Fearless in the offseason. Very odd move, to be honest. He's not a guy who's been a coach for a decade. It was very strange to me that his immediate thing to do was write a book. But okay, whatever. I'm starting to think the Eagles lack the necessary discipline, number one. And then number two, I don't love the play calling. He knows Wentz is not 100% right. You could just tell by looking at him. And I was seeing designed quarterback run plays. I just don't understand that right now. Um, I'm losing faith in Doug, and I don't know, as an Eagles fan, okay, what kind of leash do you give Doug for winning a Super Bowl for you? Because this year they're going to be 7-9, and 8-8, nine, eight and, eight, and that's not up to par. Yeah. I'm with you on the play calling this year. It's questionable best um, pretty much all season. Um, you know, one of my big problems that I have with them is they, and I understand they're banged up. Uh, so, but I'm not making excuses for them. They, you know, there, there needs to be more commitment to run the football, especially as we mentioned, when your quarterback isn't a hundred percent and he's coming off major knee surgery under a year ago. He said, you know, it wasn't just an ACL. It was an ACL and MCL. He kind of tore pretty much everything in his knee. Um, so you, you need to give him a little relief. Um, 
as far as the discipline, I'm not ready to say that yet. And regarding, I think it's just kind of one of those things you see how it goes from here. Um, as as I mentioned, they're if they're all right, let me ask you a question because he's going to get next year. Yeah. If he goes it's, seven and nine next year, eight and eight, would you say let's turn the page, let's find another head coach? I don't think they would. Um, would you? I don't think I would either. Interesting. Um, Interesting. I don't think you know. Like you said, it's it's two years from the Super Bowl. I think he's only the least a little bit of a leash. Um, I do think he needs to surround himself with a little better uh, coaching. You know, there's a lot of talk about Jim Schwartz, and, you know, some of it is deserved, but he's also working with seventh, eighth-string cornerbacks, guys that sound like they're player-created on Madden. Right, right. Yeah, now the Eagles have been decimated. I'm I'm looking more on the offensive side of the ball and Mike Crow, and what has Mike Crow ever done in his career to warrant, you know, being one being hired as the offensive coordinator, two being kept at this point. I mean, you've seen a serious decline in the Eagles' offense. And like we said, Brandon Wentz is a hundred percent, but you know the skill position players are still there for the most part. Mm-hmm. He still has his same receivers from last year as he did. So you know, if if I'm pointing fingers at anyone, it, I would start with Mike Grow personally. Yeah, I mean, not uh, to mention a healthier offensive line than last year. Yeah, and we yeah. all know how important that is. Yeah, the the, the O line has been a, it's been a weird thing because they're they're healthy, but they're just it doesn't look the same. I, I don't I don't know if that's formations. I don't. I'll put it this way: it's looking. Frank Reich is looking like he had a bigger hand than people gave him credit for last year. I would have to agree, man. I would definitely have to agree with that. And the fact that the Colts are performing like a real team right now at the hands of Frank Reich, at the you know control of Frank yeah. Reich, that tells you something about him as a coach. Now, final point I want to hit with you: some you know you're you're a Philly season ticket holder. You're at the ballpark every night. What do you feel? How do you feel about the Andrew McCutcheon signing? Uh, somewhere in the middle. Um, I'm not doing backflips. Uh, I know some people are excited, but he's not the player he once was. Uh, with that said, you know, it's an upgrade on what they have. Um, it's a nice veteran presence in the clubhouse. Um, you know, he could still, I believe he had like 25 homers last year. And most of that season was spent in pitcher-friendly uh, AT&T Park in San Fran. Yeah, I think Citizens Bank Park will help his career, will help his tenure with the Phillies. It yeah, may, I mean, it better. My only feeling is that, you know, this is a little bit of a panic that do the they're writing on the wall for the Phillies saying, hey, you know what, we're probably going to swing and miss on the bigger names like Harper and Machado. Or, as I mentioned, you know, is it, hey, we're going to, spend a little bit of money, put some other guys around to make it more of a quote-unquote attractive place for a player like a Harper or Machado. Yeah, time will tell. I'm on the record. I don't want Manny Machado as a Philly. I don't like his demeanor. I don't like what I've seen so far from him. I, I, I know all the – I know the skill sets there. I know the productions there. I just don't have the feeling that it would work out 
for the best in Philly. For me, I think... I'm Bryce Harper or bust on the offseason, and I'm losing faith in the whole Phillies brass by the day. I really am. I, I kind of agree with you, Aaron Machado. Um, I, I, I've preferred Harper as well. Um, I like his style of play. You know, he's always hustling. Um, I think he's, for, for whatever reason, he has a bad reputation around the game, sort of. Um, not around the game, just among fans. Like, mm-hmm. at all, Sydney, like, I would compare him to Sidney Crosby. Yeah, um, there's an element of that, yeah. Um, but I guarantee every Flyers fan would take Sidney Crosby on their team, too. Of course. Of um, course. I mean, I'm the... kind of with you, Machado. His his attitude just when you come out and say I don't hustle, it's not my game. I, I I can't see, especially in a city like Philadelphia, that working out. Yeah, it it's a, it's a, it, it's one thing to believe it. It's the other thing to be stupid enough to say it as you go into free agency. So right. that's one of those. His like, agent had to be pulling his hair out. Oh yeah, he issued. I think he issued an apology hours later. Um, obviously at the behest of his agent. And, you know, it's just if you're stupid enough to stay, say something like that at that moment, what other stupid shit do you do when the fans or organization isn't around? Yeah, and I'm, I'm not denying Machado's a world-class athlete. Yeah, um, there's no reason. We know. We, to the yeah. roof. Right. But it's, you know. When you're talking about listen, making listen, that they... type of investment, Right. You, you want to invest all that money in that type of person? It just doesn't no, add it, up to me. No, if they if they sign him, I'm not going to be pissed at it. Um, I just would prefer Harper at this point in time. And like you said, I, I don't know what it is, but every day that goes by, I kind of lose a little bit of faith that, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean. It's, it's, I have nothing to base it on. It's just a gut feeling. Yeah, it's uninspiring. There's some talk that they're close with J.A. Happ bringing him back. I find that insanely uninspiring. I've seen the Phillies' names on every, virtually every free agent. Anybody that is rumored to be traded, I've seen the Phillies' name attached to everything. The only thing that I've learned this all season is believe when you say it. Like, I, I, I can't, I can't put up with all these rumors and so-and-so's meeting with stuff. The hot stove is something else. And I I heard one other thing only a few hours ago that I found troubling. The Phillies don't have enough to acquire JT Real Muto. Yeah, I've seen that too. I I figured it would probably take a a big return to get him considering he's playing a position that is, you know, not that deep. Premium position. Right, and he's fairly young. He's on team control, and you're trading him within your division. Yeah. So you're going to want a bigger return. Yeah. I'm not. I would. I mean, I would love to have him here. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to lose sleep over it, though. I mean, right now, of course not. Right now, the Phillies, to me, are a total charisma vacuum of a team. They have no personality. A lot of question marks at a lot of different positions. I know there's some young talent. I, I've seen it. I completely understand that. I just there's question marks all over the place, up and down the organization. Actually, my um, my faith, spelled with a ph, is very very low right now. I'm actually finding it a little bit upsetting. Yeah, they because they've been they bad, still, John. They have, they've been they bad a lot of, for a very a long, long time at do. this point. It's been too long. 
There's no reason to be this bad for this long. It, it's it's obscene. And guess what? There ain't there ain't much talent uh, flying through the through the uh, leagues down there. I mean, you got a couple handful of guys. Yeah, and every but, time they got a guy, the development seems to take longer than every other team. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. It all the way it always seems to go. Yeah, the Phillies, uh, you know, are a little bit of a cursed franchise. Uh, I really believe that. I mean, you're talking about one of the most losing franchises in sports history, and you know, I hate to think that, you know, there's some there's a curse involved, but how does that type of consistency maintain over a hundred years of existence? It's pretty wild. I'm not ready to say that, but no, there's you're that bad for that long. Even recently, I mean, we're talking almost a decade at this point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and it seems like there might be more in play. But like you said, you believe what you say. To me, Johnny, and I'm going to leave you with this. That end in sight would be Bryce Harper. Yeah, and that's I, I totally what would agree. turn the fortunes. That's what would turn this thing around. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's it's the one move that they pretty much have to make at this point. And you know, we'll see. I I'm still holding out hope. You know, he has, yeah. it's, not, it's not like he's signed anywhere or he's you know heavily rumored elsewhere. And you know, they're still very much in the mix. And until I hear differently, I'll, just like everybody else, will just sit back and wait. And let me just say this. I'll speak collectively for the entire city of Philadelphia and Phillies fans all around. I would say confidence is very low that Harper's coming here. Even though they're, you know, the reports of the Phillies looking to offer the mega deal. I don't think Philadelphia fans are buying it. It's a little bit of that LeBron James hangover. Uh, it, there's a sobering feeling around the Phillies organization right now, to say the least. I don't think people believe Bryce Harper's coming here. Yeah, and I could, I could attest to that. I, you know, I spoke with a few other friends and, you know, fans of the of the team, and you know, it's it's split fifty fifty. You know, people saying no shot, he comes here. People saying there's no way he's not here, and you keep seeing all these reports of, you know, these guys like Buster Olney saying he would bet the family farm and. Vermont that Harper is a Philly by the end of the, before the season and well, when's it going to happen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know we're I know we're still very very early in the in the process of the off season, but you know I don't want to say my patience is getting thin, but you know they they have the money. There's no reason that they shouldn't at least be close to the deal. And who who the hell knows? Maybe they are. I, I, like I said, I I'm just speaking on gut instinct right now yep all right vip listeners there's our guy johnny donnie with the follow-up from dallas and a little bit of phillies talk johnny's going to be joining us again once baseball season gets rolling and he'll be giving us his phillies input then johnny we love having you on man thank you you are now off the mark Benny, I love having Johnny Donnie join us to talk Philly sports. He's a treasured commodity for On The Mark. Oh, yeah. Johnny's a great guy, knows his stuff. And I got to say, I'm jealous he was at that game. I know I would have enjoyed it a little more than he did. But I'll tell you what I really enjoyed. 
And I don't necessarily enjoy it off of John because he's a nice guy. I like him. But I love hearing the misery and the disappointment in Philadelphia Eagle fans' voices. I got to tell you, God, did I miss You're that. Sick. God, sick. that offseason really reignited a hatred for Eagles fans deep in my soul. Right. Well, our VIP listeners don't know. You caught a lot of heat, a lot of torturous stuff coming your way uh, during the Eagles Super Bowl celebration and whatnot. You just, you were Listen, bombarded. Listen, I went to the parade. I enjoyed myself. I had some money on the Eagles too, so I won a little bit of money off of the victory. So I enjoyed myself. But ultimately, God, the amount of times I heard that Eagles chant in this offseason, oh, it pained me, Mark. I couldn't get away. I couldn't go to a concert, a baseball game, nothing without hearing it. Well, you got your wish. You got to... Uh... You got your division title, Benny, and it'll be interesting to see where these Cowboys go. I think they're playing the best football in the NFC right now. Mark, I'm going to go out on a limb and give you a quick Super Bowl prediction. I think it's an all-Texas Super Bowl. Texans, Cowboys. Oh, God. I'm serious, man. Nah, no shot. No shot. You heard it here first. But all right, yeah, sure. And I'll give you even an opportunity to change that. I think you're just high off the off that win right now. Oh, uh, no, man. I'm sticking to that. You're high off something else right now. Sure. <laughs> sure am. Uh, I had an incident over at Chickies and Pete's with an Eagles fan that blew my fucking mind. Okay. I was with a couple friends watching the game. I was pulling for the Eagles. I was also pulling for a good game. You yeah. know that feeling sure. when you're neutral. But, you know, whatever. I was having a nice time. Man, this this asshole Eagles fan, all right, this yellow-toothed, sure. thin-haired mm-hmm. motherfucker says to me, you're, you're a Raiders fan. You're a Raiders fan. Now, I had all the TVs were Eagles, Cowboys, but, of course, management took care of me and they had Raiders, Steelers sure. on for me as well in between all these Eagles. Okay. So, you know, I have my eyes on both games, yes. as I always like to do. I like to have my eyes on multiple games. Yes. I go... Uh, yeah, man. How how are you? I have no clue where I know this guy uh-huh. from. And he goes to his buddy, hey, so-and-so, this, this is the Raiders fan. <laughs> so I, I kind of yeah. sense where this is going. Uh-huh. Now, the guy looks like, you know, a, a professional alcoholic. Yeah. All right? His eyes just were bloodshot. He looked like shit. Uh-huh. He looked run down. Yeah. Older, probably mid-40s. Sure. And he's he saying, what are, you, what are you wearing an LSU hoodie for? You're supposed to be a Raiders fan. What? Yeah. So no, there's no correlation. No correlation. There. I mean, Eagles fans wear Temple hoodies, sure. Penn State hoodies. I know. You, it, there, there's no correlation. Agreed. It makes no sense. Yeah. Not to mention there's been a ton of LSU alum that played for the Raiders. For all he knows, you went to LSU. For all he knows, I went to LSU. Yeah. Or my, I have a sibling that goes there. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Ed, the possibilities are endless. Sure. So, it's so, a hoodie. So I didn't take him serious from the get. He said that I took him even less serious. Then he goes into, "You're not a real Raiders fan, man. You, you, you're not a real Raiders fan, man." Sure. Like harping on this. Now, once again, that that's what somebody would say in like third grade, second grade, mm-hmm. fourth grade. Made no sense to me. Yeah. I'm just kind of laughing. Yeah, man. Whatever you say, almost mm-hmm. like sarcastically giving yeah, it back to definitely. him. Definitely. Like playing along so hard and acting oblivious. Where he knows it, and he knows I'm just playing him off, yeah. and nothing, and it was driving him nuts. So more and more vitriol was going, and this was in the um, big drive the Eagles were having. This was during, okay. so now he's focused on me during the biggest part of the Eagles Cowboys yeah. game. 
Messing his own game. The bartender goes, oh, so-and-so, here's your food. You know, it was in a bag to go. Uh-huh. He walks out toward the biggest drive of the game. Insane. This self-proclaimed real diehard yeah, Eagles yeah, fan. Yeah. Who's telling you you're not, not a Raiders a, fan. Not a Raiders fan. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm wearing an LSU hoodie. Sure. Walked out at the biggest moment of the game. Now, even if he lived around the corner, yeah. it's no excuse. I agree. Because they could score on the next play. They could throw up. You don't know. Yeah. So he, and and where we were, there was no way he lived right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Madness. That is an example of the shithead Eagles fans that I can't stand. Yeah, agree. But for every one of those, there's a Johnny Donnie. Agreed. And for every shithead, there's another couple good Eagles fans. Agreed. Like I didn't enjoy hearing the painted John's voice in particular. Right, because you felt for John, because John's a good Agreed. guy, and he deserves to Agreed. enjoy his football games. Definitely. However, for some Eagles fans out like there, like that guy, like this guy, like that this guy. yellow toothed, ah, uh, do I enjoy the misery? Yeah, do I enjoy that misery that's back? And the people I was with said, "Man, I thought you were. I thought it was going to be about to be a brawl." That's mm-hmm. how this guy was talking to me. Sure, I was just in a pretty good mood playing him off. Luckily, luckily, yeah. Um, he was just—he was honestly trying to bully me in a sense. Mm-hmm. It was fucking weird. Yeah, some people. But man. those that's that loser Eagles fan. Agreed. That I am so glad when they get it shoved up their ass. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that ruined his probably his entire week. Good. Good. Yeah. Love it. Mark, though, I want to harp on one point, and I think it's a simple solution how to fix the Eagles. You had brought it up with John. Uh-huh. I think everybody knows it. You got to fire Doug Peterson. The man will never win anything again. I go as for far as to say it's almost a foregone conclusion yes that doug peterson will never be the head coach of an nfl super bowl champion team again the man is not a winning coach despite the fact that he won a super bowl with what a trick play and gene steratore not overturning a pass that should have been overturned look i think he yeah he made some great play calls during that super bowl uh i hear you though i mean the the track record goes to the opposite of being a Super Bowl champion. Okay. Yeah. Um I'm just gonna go as far as I say I can never picture him coaching another team to a Super Bowl championship again. I think you gotta fire the guy. I think it's an inevitable situation where either Jeffrey Lurie is going to give him a free pass or you know, so go back on the word inevitable. So he's either gonna get the free pass and get like five years more years with the Eagles. I think he probably does. Or he's going to go seven and nine this year, you know, maybe nine and seven next year. Mm-hmm. There's just something about the guy. I think you got to cut the cord now, and I'll even go one step farther. You got to get rid of Howie Roseman. Let's remember what Howie Roseman was when he got fired the first time. Yeah, he tried to put together this dream team. Yeah, yeah, and got fired. Yeah, he comes back. He tries to put together a dream team. He actually catches fire one year. They yeah. win a Super Bowl. Tries to put together another dream team that yeah. second year and seven and nine. This is what happens when you're not at the point in your plan as an organization to win a Super Bowl. This yeah. is what happens. Yeah. Just wait until five years goes by and once his prime is gone. Uh, and look, Mike Lombardi wrote that article about Doug Peterson for a good reason. Yeah. Okay. He was un- underqualified to be an NFL head coach. Mm-hmm. The Eagles did that at the behest of Andy Reid. The recommendation of Andy Reid. Um, I am not a Doug Peterson believer. I think he's too soft on the players. I I don't think the high football acumen is there. 
I don't think he's an overly cerebral guy. No. Um, and I don't think he's overly motivational. I don't think he's anything cutting edge. He's just a guy. And let's go back. If Nick Foles doesn't tell him, do you want to run this trick play right now? There you go. Does he ever run the there trick play? There you go. That's a funny Do they look ever at it. beat the Patriots in yeah, the Super Bowl? Yeah, that's a funny look at Think it. Think about it that way. Yeah. He See, didn't even want to call that no, play in that moment. Nobody ever proposed that question. That's a great point. Right? Great point. So, I'm not a Doug Peterson guy. I'm just not. I don't like how he's handled uh, the year. And I, I, there was things before the Super Bowl victory that were bringing about major questions, and many Eagles fans were very down on him before he won it all. Yeah. So, time will tell. Time will tell. All that being said, we'd love to have Doug on the show sometime. Oh, yeah, great guy. So, Benny, let's hop into holiday bowl season. All right, gang, holiday bowl season kicks off with this Saturday at 1.30. With the Auto Nation Cure Bowl, Tulane versus the Raging Cajuns, University of Louisiana Lafayette. <laughs> Raging Cajuns getting three and a half, total at 59. Benny, I'm going Tulane, the green wave, baby. Yeah, I got a little family connection to Tulane, so I'm going to take Tulane too, except we got a little sharp Vegas money against us right now in that one. But it is early. All this money I'm going to talk is early, guys. Okay. Now, staying on Saturday at 2, we have the Gildan New Mexico Bowl, North Texas, and Utah State, the Mean Green and the Aggies. Benny, very, very random kind of game to me. I mean, Utah State was a top 25 team. I got to go with them. Uh, it's a big spread, too. They're laying 11. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way, Marky, with North Texas, mainly because I just see a lot of cash on North Texas, tickets right now on Utah State. Now, that could be because Mormons don't bet and Texans absolutely bet, especially bet heavy. But personally, I'm going to ride with those heavy bettors and go to North Texas. All those cowboys in Texas. Oh, yeah. Then, at 3.30 on Saturday, we have the Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl, one of my favorite bowls, with my guy, Herm Edwards, Arizona State, Taking on Fresno State, and I like what Fresno did to Boise to close out the season. Uh, I love what Herm has done in, you know, his first year back on the sidelines. And everybody said he was too old. He didn't get it. Man, he had one hell of a season to kick it off. I'm so glad he's back. And seeing him as a head coach of Arizona State is so damn cool. I'm going to go with Arizona State and Herm Edwards here. Yeah, a lot of public people would look at this game, see number 21 Fresno State at 11-2 and, and think they're going to roll over ASU. But I love Herm Edwards also. We got slight Vegas money on us also. Saturday at 5.30, the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl. Georgia Southern and Eastern Michigan. To pick them, Benny. I'm going with Eastern Michigan. It's actually up to a point and a half now, Marky. Eastern Michigan getting that point and a half. And I'm going to ride Georgia Southern. It seems like heavy heavy public opinion is on them, but also heavy money. So I just like to ride Georgia Southern in this one. Now to close out the action on Saturday. 
at 9 Eastern time. We got Middle Tennessee versus Appalachian State. You know, two very intriguing, talented programs. They're not the biggest name schools, obviously, but they're good programs. Probably be an entertaining uh, game. I'm going to go with uh, Middle Tennessee, Benny. Really, no particular reason why. I see they're uh, touchdown dogs, and uh, the few times I watched them this year... Some of the talent they have does jump off the screen. I'm right there with you, Marky. I do like some of their talent. I think Appalachian State's one of those teams since beating Michigan a while back. All the public seems to like. This year, they only have two losses. A lot of public people are going to back them, not to mention. A lot of sharp money right now on Middle Tennessee. I'm riding with you. Okay, now, this is the fun stuff. This is what I love. Tuesday, we get a bowl game on Tuesday. That's our next one at 7 p.m. Eastern time. University of Alabama, Birmingham versus Northern Illinois. This is a situation where Northern Illinois is getting two and a half. I like the program. I don't know a ton about University of Alabama, Birmingham. Uh, I'll just ride with Northern Illinois here. Yeah, I'm right there with you also, Mark. Not too much of a reason other than I'm seeing where Vegas is betting and I go Northern Illinois. Give me the points. Wednesday at 8 p.m., the DXL Frisco Bowl. San Diego State versus Ohio. Ohio is four and a half point favorites. But I'm going with San Diego State, Benny. Yeah, the line's actually down one and a half to three points now. And I'm liking San Diego State too. It seems like that's where the money is. They're trying to get more people on Ohio right now. And I'm not one of them. Okay. Thursday night now at 8 p.m. The Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. You gotta love the names of these bowls. Some people mock them. I actually think they're hilarious. I actually genuinely enjoy the names of these bowl games. Nobody, if if we were playing a game on what's a real bowl game or not, nobody would think that's a real bowl game. The Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Thursday, 8 p.m. December 20. Marshall at South Florida. Very interesting story about Marshall. My uncle was recruited by Marshall, all slated to go there to play football. Next thing you know, the team plane crashes. Oh, no. Isn't that unbelievable? That is crazy. And you remember the movie, I'm sure. Absolutely, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. So, South Florida is getting two and a half. I'm going to go with Marshall here. Now, nah, give me the bulls and the points, baby. That's a big one for me. Is it? Yeah. All right. This is such a cool time. Friday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl. If you remember, I think a couple years ago, this game was won on a crazy lateral play as time was expiring. This year, the matchups, Florida International and Toledo. Toledo is five and a half point favorites. And... Toledo's a team. They've been putting players in the league left and right. Some noticeable speed on that team that kind of jumps off the screen. I like watching them. I'm going to go with Toledo here, Benny. I'm against you. There's tickets on Florida International, but heavier money on them, too. I'm going to ride those big betters. A classic bowl game here. Also on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. 
the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Western Michigan versus BYU. BYU's 12-point favorites. A lot of points here, but I'm going with the Cougars. Why not? Well, if there's any signs to show how unfair bowl season is, two teams get to go to the Bahamas while three hours later the other two teams are playing in Idaho. Well, they might like playing on the uh, on the blue field. On the Smurf turf. Yeah. Yeah, well, give me Western Michigan and those points, baby. There's huge money swings facing those Broncos, and I love it. Here would be an interesting uh, city to have to travel to. Saturday at noon, we have the Birmingham Bowl. Memphis and Wake Forest. Wake Forest is five, getting five points. Memphis is an interesting program. I can't really put my finger on them. I'm going to go with Memphis here, though. They seem to compete against good teams, and uh, they're, they're a talented program. And why not with the five points? Yeah, I'm with you. You're getting more points. There's a ton of tickets on Memphis. I think those people get hurt on that game. There's going to be points, points, and more points in that game. Yeah, high-scoring game. I th- here's the total, 73-and-a-half. My Crazy. God. Yeah, man, Just one of the highest that. you'll see. Yeah, there's going to be points galore, man. Saturday at 3.30, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. We actually have a few VIP listeners, Benny, who work for Lockheed Martin locally here. Okay. And, uh, you know, so we'll, we're secretly saying hello to them because they may not want their names said sure. live on air. Houston against Army. Houston, 17th team, you know, ranked in the country. Army had a nice season, another big win against Navy in the Army-Navy game, which was a beautiful scene. I think Houston's going to be a little too much for Army, even though Army is field goal favorites. Well, Houston's the easy pick sitting at number 17 in the country. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of tickets and a lot of cash on Army. There's a nice cash swing on Houston, though. Seems like the smart play is on Houston, but personally... Give me Army if it's named the Armed Forces Bowl. I've been suckered into going against Army and Navy and those type of things way too often. Yeah, I love betting on Navy and I love betting on Air Force. Um, And I have respect for what Army's doing right now. But I see that the total is at 60. And I just feel like Houston could score much more easily than Army can. I I swear, I get beat at least once a year by fucking myself on a military thing (laughs) with a military going against the military academy. Man, Saturday's chock full of games. At 7 p.m., we got the Dollar General Bowl. Buffalo versus Troy. Troy is getting two and a half points. And this is one of those situations where I don't know much about the state of either program. But I know that Troy has, you know, some names around college football that are well-respected. So I'm just going to go with Troy for the hell of it here, Benny. Yeah, we got some VIP listeners from Buffalo and who went to Buffalo. I would love to back the Buffaloes. Unfortunately, Troy is the play here, getting the points. A lot of hard money is on them, and the line is moving down. Screams Troy. Saturday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. I love late college football games that take you to 1, 2 in the morning. We got the SoFi Hawaii Bowl. Now, traditionally, this game used to be played every year on Christmas Eve for a large portion of our lives. Mm -hmm. This year, it's on December 22nd. Weird. Hawaii versus Louisiana Tech. It's basically a pick. Louisiana Tech's getting a point. I'm going to go with Hawaii. Why the hell not? It's the Hawaii Bowl. Hawaii's playing, and I like that quarterback. Yeah, I'm going with you and against Vegas again. There's a nice money swing for La Tech, but it's hard to go against Hawaii in Hawaii. Right. 
Agreed. There's a, especially this time of the year, where, you know, some people may have mentally checked out, and then they gotta travel to Hawaii from Louisiana. You know, body yeah. clocks, all that stuff. Absolutely. Hawaii was no joke this year. They had some nice performances throughout the year. Fascinating this year, gang, there are no Christmas Eve bowl games. There's not even a bowl game on December 23rd. So we resume the bowl games Wednesday, December 26th, day after Christmas, with the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, Boston College versus Boise State. This is the 20th team in the nation in Boston College versus the 25th team in the nation, Boise State. Boise State's three-point favorites, and frankly, I do like what they did this year. I like them as a program much more than Boston College. I'm going with Boise State. Oh, you didn't hear about the points we were shaving up in Boston? Okay, good. Henry yeah, Hill was there. Yeah, yeah. He's back. Well, it might be because there is enormous money swings on BC. Tickets are on Boise. Over 90% of the cash is on BC right now. I'm riding Golden Eagles, baby. All right. It's an interesting kickoff time. Wednesday at 5.15 p.m. Eastern Time. Minnesota versus Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech laying four I'm going with the Golden Gophers, Benny. Yeah, I'll go with you on that. Georgia Tech's one of those sexy teams for a lot of people. I like what Minnesota's doing up there, and I think they got an all right program. I'm going to ride Gophers. Man, the day after Christmas is a hot day for bowl games. 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Wednesday, December 26th. The Cheez-It Bowl. California versus TCU. Ironically, our... our very own Johnny Donnie visited the TCU campus last weekend, and uh, he had a hell of a time. Beers were being had, shots were being done, but this bowl game's interesting, Benny. It's a pick 'em. I'm going with Cal. Yeah, I would say this is a huge time trap game with TCU. TCU's one of those programs where people think the Horned Frogs are great in bowl games. This is a little more bogus of a bowl game that they might be used to. A little more bogus of a TCU team that I think they're used to. Line went from minus two TCU to a pick 'em. Meanwhile, there's huge cash on TCU. Line's moving the wrong way. I'm gonna ride Bears. Okay. Now this one, we're on Thursday now. A 1:30 kickoff game on Thursday, December 27th. It's so cool. You know, people are taking the day off from work, making a long weekend around Christmas. You're just chilling, eating, maybe eating some leftovers, whatever, and you got a cool football game in the middle of the afternoon. The Walk-On's Independence Bowl. It sounds more like a basketball game, though. Temple and Duke. Uh, Duke is three-and-a-half-point favorites. Now, of course, we have a lot of VIP listeners that went to Temple. We have a lot of ties to Temple. I'm riding with the Owls, Benny. Why not? I know they lost their coach. I know that the, the program is always seeming to be in flux. Why the hell not? They're going to go out there. They're going to win. I look at this matchup. I see two teams who were 5-1 and one against the spread when they were away from home. Obviously, they'll both be away from home in this game. Personally, I've seen way too many Temple Owls games to think that I should lay points against anybody with Temple. I'm taking the Dukies and the points. Very understandable. Now, still on Thursday, 5.15 Eastern Time, the New Era Pinstripe Bowl. Man, it's going to be very cool seeing these two awesome programs taking the field at Yankee Stadium. The University of Miami Hurricanes against the Wisconsin Badgers. Badgers are four-point, uh, uh, I'm sorry, four-point dogs. And 
I know Wisconsin had a disappointing year this year. I think they're going to qualm some of that and get ready for a bounce-back year. I think Wisconsin wins this game handily, Benny. Yeah, Wisconsin's one of those blue-blood programs that even in a down year is going to want to make sure that they get that bowl win. I'm right with you. I love Wisconsin, not to mention... You're a Miami Hurricanes player, and it's December 27th. In you want to go City? up to New York City. Yeah. And let's be honest, the wind whips around oh, New Yankee it, Stadium. Yes. Absolutely. It's going to be cold Wisconsin, heavy Wisconsin offensive linemen that were born in the cold, yeah. were raised in the cold, yeah. were molded in the cold. They're going to be much better in that cold. 9 p.m. Eastern time, still on Thursday, December 27th. We have the Academy Sports Outdoors Texas Bowl. Baylor versus Vanderbilt, the Harvard of the South. Vanderbilt's three-and-a-half-point favorites. I actually caught a few uh, uh, Vanderbilt games this year. Wasn't overly impressed, and I know they they played very well at times. Uh, Baylor with our good friend, Temple's ex-head coach, Matt Rule. Seems like they're making some strides in the organization, uh, in the program, and when a program is making strides what do they need they need a bowl game win i think baylor gets it i'm right there with you and this is another huge trap game people see vanderbilt only laying three and a half they think they can roll over a soft baylor team but i think baylor's going to put up some points on vandy and really dominate don't forget both teams are one and four away from home this season okay now on the friday another 130 kickoff the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl, Purdue and Auburn. Purdue is three and a half point favorites. Auburn announced they're bringing back Gus Malzahn. There's a, some continuity in place. I know it wasn't inspiring, but guys got to play for Gus. They know he's going to be back next year. Auburn wins this game handily. Nah, I think this is one where the public looks and sees Auburn should be good. They think SEC, they think Big Ten kind of stinks. I think Purdue and the Boilermakers have a pretty good bowl season, and they do really well in the bowls. Go Boilermakers. Well, they did beat Ohio State, so they're no joke. The Camping World Bowl, Friday, December 28th at 5.15. Our guys, the West Virginia Mountaineers, will take on Syracuse, who is a school that is making great strides. Now, I'm very disappointed our boy Will the Thrill Greer isn't playing. He's prepping for that first round of the NFL Draft, the Combine. Syracuse is getting one and a half. Man, that's a that's a funky line. I know Syracuse made strides and did a lot of good things, but that West Virginia team was uber talented. I'm going to go with the talent here and uh, ride heavily with West Virginia. I think West Virginia lays an egg in this game. You know, their captain, Will Greer, obviously sitting out, and I get it. He's an adult with children and a wife and looking at a first-round paycheck. He doesn't want to go play it's with a bunch right of kids. I get it. But other than Will Greer, I think the team around them can easily lay an egg, lay down for Syracuse, who I think is just going to grind and compete. I, I've seen that Syracuse team beat and compete against some very tough teams this season. I like the orange, unfortunately. Friday, December 28th, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, the Valero Alamo Bowl, Iowa State and Washington State. I love this Washington State program. Mike Leach is an American football treasure. I love that man. Iowa State was the 24th team in all the land this year, while Washington State is the 13th-ranked team. Really enjoyed watching them this year. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. 
Uh, they're a program with some momentum. I think Mike Leach's squad puts on a show, and I think they cover the three and a half points, Benny. See, I usually, in these bowl games, like to go against a high-profile coach who I don't necessarily think is a top, top-level coach, a Mike Leach, a uh, Ed Orgeron, if you will, because the public seems to feed into those big names. In this matchup, I like Iowa State to come out, beat Washington State, and maybe even handedly. Saturday, December 29th at 12 noon, Florida and Michigan in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. I mean, these are two, you know, huge programs. It'll be cool seeing them take the field. Harbaugh announced he's coming back. They're seven and a half point favorites. I personally thought Florida stunk this year. I didn't really like what I saw from them. I understand they went nine and three. Uh, it was an underwhelming season in my eyes. I think Michigan wins this game to get some of their friggin' pride back from the beatdown they took against Ohio State. Totally agree. Despite what Vegas is telling me, I like the Michigan Wolverines in this game. Florida can't even tackle the Wolverines. At noon on Saturday, we also have the Belk Bowl. South Carolina Gamecocks versus the Virginia Cavaliers, 22nd team in the nation. Uh, you know, Virginia was a seven-win team this year. It's two seven-win teams. Nothing really stuck out to me about either of these teams this year when I briefly saw them. Virginia uh, getting four points. Benny, I'm just going to go with the SEC team here. I'm going with the Gamecocks. Yeah, personally, I'm going to stay off this game on any of my cards, but if I had to pick it, I'm going to go South Carolina simply because if you're a Joe Schmo looking at this and you see the number 23 team in the nation getting points, you're probably going to take that ranked team. I'm going to take the unranked team, like you said, SEC. Yeah. Saturday at 1.15 Eastern Time, the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. That wasn't easy to say, gang. Arkansas State versus Nevada. I gotta go Nevada here. I mean, Arkansas State to me is a is a small program. I mean, you know, the Nevada's a seven-win team, all right? There are somehow dogs in this game, which is almost a red flag to me, getting the one-and-a-half. But Nevada just has so much more name recognition. I mean, look, I'm sure Arkansas State has has players. I got to go Nevada, though. I'm just listening to what Vegas tells me, and the tickets are on Nevada, but Arkansas State has heavy cash. I'm going to ride the Arkansas State. Now, this is where it gets kind of funny. This is where the college playoffs get started, Saturday, December 29th. But then we have more bowl, more regular bowl games after the college football playoffs. It's interesting how they set that up. I like it. Yeah, I do too, actually. So we're going to kick it off with the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. Clemson and Notre Dame. Clemson is 11.5 point favorites. Massive favorites. Mm -hmm. I'm a big Brian Kelly fan. Notre Dame has a lot of talent. And they've gotten very good quarterback play this year that not enough people are acknowledging. I'm, good. I'm running with Notre Dame and the points here. Yeah, I think in these playoffs now, it's very easy to look at the game that Alabama is not in and pick an upset in that game. I think a lot of people expect Clemson to roll, obviously, with the 11.5 spread. I could see it being very intriguing, taking those points if you were to bet it. Personally, I have preseason money from Clemson. My heart's been on Clemson. And I truly think they're a much better team than Notre Dame. I could see them blowing them out, but never expect 
what you expect in the non-Alabama playoff game. Because craziness can happen, folks. The Capital One Orange Bowl right after that. Oklahoma versus Bama. I love Kyler Murray. I love Lincoln Riley. I really dig this Oklahoma program. But their secondary is abysmal. And, you know, I, I, I put myself in this situation. I said, could I see the... Could I see Bama winning the game with Jalen Hurts playing quarterback? And I totally could. But uh, two is going to play. Two is pissed he didn't win the Heisman. Saban's pissed to uh, uh, did it with the Heisman. Kyler Murray, Oklahoma's quarterback, won the Heisman. There's so, that's some added added factor involved there. Alabama's 14 point favorites. The total in this game is 81. Insane highest of all the bowls. Uh, you know, and I think it's going to stay under. And I think Alabama's going to win this game. That's funny. I was going to say it has to get over by wow. the first quarter. You're insane. My uh, first quarter's rough, but honestly, I, I, you think that's going to stay under? Yeah. I think halfway through the third, we're looking at an over. I feel really good about that under 81. Oh, I think these teams roll, roll, and roll some more, but I think ultimately it's roll tied in the end. Okay, fair. Then the bowl games resume on New Year's Eve, December 31st, a beautiful night all over the land. The Military Bowl, presented by Northrop Grumman. Cincinnati and Virginia Tech. Cincinnati was a top 25 team this year, won 10 games. They were 24th ranked. They're giving five to Virginia Tech, the Hokies, a program that I have a level of respect for. But in this instance, Benny, I'm going to go with the Bearcats. Yeah, this is a Joe Schmo game. The Joes are going to look at this, see the 24-ranked Bearcats at 10-2, and two, only laying five, yeah. six? Against the six-win Virginia Tech team. Yeah, give me the Hokies. There's huge money on the Hokies. I like the Hokies, baby. All right. All right, 2 p.m. Eastern time on New Year's Eve, we got the Hyundai Sun Bowl. Stanford and Pitt. I know you got a soft spot for Pitt. They were 20... I think they were 24th overall in the country, Benny. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, you know, they're getting six and a half in this game against Stanford. A very um, capable Stanford team. At a point where Stanford needs to step back into the limelight a little bit. I think they see that Pittsburgh was top 25. I think they want to put on a show. David Shaw puts some of that talent to use. Stanford wins big. Yeah, this is a big red flag to me. Like I talked about in other games, you got a ranked pit team, number 24, getting points. Uh, Joe's all over the country should be drooling over that. But the X factor in this is that they're playing a brand name in Stanford. And I think people are always higher on Stanford than they typically usually should be. And vice versa, people are always more down on pit than they should be, especially this season, I, I noticed. That. I noticed a lot of people were off pit this season, and they made people pay. Yeah, they almost they had Notre Dame beat. It felt like at one point. So, despite the fact that Pitt was only one in five on the road this year, I'm gonna go Pitt Panthers. Give me the points. I'm scared, but give me the points with Pitt. New Year's Eve at 3 p.m. The Red Box Bowl: Michigan State versus Oregon. Uh, Oregon is three-point favorites, and I'm going with Michigan State, Benny. Yeah, give me Sparty's too. Slight lean on the money. 
I don't know. I just like Michigan State a bunch. I also like the Big Ten in these bowl games. Me I know too. sometimes they lay flat, but ultimately, I think they play well because they're practicing in a lot of cold weather. They're used to that cold weather. It helps when it comes to these bowls, even when they're in nice weather. The AutoZone Liberty Bowl, 345 Eastern Time on New Year's Eve day. Missouri versus Oklahoma State. I'm a huge Oklahoma State guy. They're getting eight points, and I'm taking it. Yeah, you should be taking it. It started out at 10. It's down to eight. There's huge Cowboy money in that game. And again, the public's going to see Missouri, the ranked team, going up against a 6-6 six and six Oak State team. A lot of people are going to ride Mizzou. You should be on those Cowboys. New Year's Eve at 7 p.m. The San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Northwestern versus Utah. The Holiday Bowl is always one of the more underrated bowl games. You always get two ranked teams in there. Northwestern at 22nd in the country. Utah at 17th. Uh, two cool programs, man. I really like what Northwestern's doing. They're... Uh, getting seven points they want to stay to claim they want to say hey we're for real they win this game i'm going with northwestern bennett yeah i'm right there with you i think northwestern is the play you're catching seven points for the team that i think is just as good as utah plus you got all the vegas money with you again that could be because mormons don't bet and people in chicago do also northwestern was five and zero on the road this year i love the wildcats give me northwestern the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, 7.30 p.m. NC State versus Texas A&M. A&M with an eight-win year, 19th team in the nation, six-point favorites in this game. I'm going with A&M, Benny. Yeah, I'm probably going to be on the wrong side of this, but I think NC State might be the play. There's just really hard A&M money. Again, those Texans love to gamble big. But on, in this case, there's a slightly in NC State, and I'm going to take the Wolfpack. New Year's Day now. Now, the landscape of these New Year's Day bowls have changed, but that doesn't mean it's not good. The Outback Bowl. Mississippi State versus Iowa. Mississippi State had a nice season. They've always been one of my favorite programs. They're getting seven points, and I'm taking it. Yeah, I'm going the other way. Give me Hawkeyes, baby. I'll take the seven points all day. I just don't trust Mississippi State to ever put away an opponent they should. Fantastic setup here with the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. One o'clock New Year's Day. My guys, the Bayou Bengals. LSU versus Central Florida. Uh, Central Florida, as you know, they lost their quarterback, but they are a, a solid program. They're the self-proclaimed national champions last year. Uh, they're getting seven and a half in this game. I know LSU really wanted to be in those, those playoffs, but I just think the talent gap is so superior here, and I think Ed Orgeron is going to have those guys fired up to play that game, whereas maybe a Les Miles wouldn't have them that fired up. I think LSU wins this game and covers that spread. God, do I feel like a sucker. I want to take UCF with the points, the team that hasn't lost the game in God knows how many years. I got to go with UCF also because there's money in favor of LSU. The public is fading this team not to go undefeated again. I got to go with the team that hasn't lost and is getting points. All right. New Year's Day at 1 p.m. The VRBO Citrus Bowl. I have no clue what that abbreviation stands for, but for the Citrus Bowl, 
Kentucky and Penn State. Interesting to see Kentucky back in the top 25 this year, and they had a nice year. I really do like this Penn State uh, program and what Franklin's done. Uh, they're six-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. And, Benny, I'm just going to ride with the Nittany Lions for the hell of it. Kentucky's a little bit new to this scene. Penn State had a nice year, and they're just a program chock full of talent. Yeah, I'm right there with you. There's a slight money lean for Kentucky, but personally, I'm just going to back the Nittany Lions, who's been here before. Kentucky, I, I do like that running game. They can be dangerous, but ultimately, I think Penn State gets it. What I think this is McSwirly's last game. McSwirly's last game, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's going to figure out a win. And they love him there. Exactly. He's going to get a win for them. Yeah. Now the Rose Bowl, presented by Northwestern Mutual. Washington versus Ohio State. Urban Meyer's last game. I know this sounds crazy. Ohio State's six-and-a-half-point favorites. Washington was the ninth team in the country. Ohio State was the sixth team in the country. Just missed the college football playoffs. I'm going with Washington, Benny. They're, they're going to ruin the Urban Meyer party. They're going to win outright. Oh, I don't think so. I think Washington absolutely gets wiped off this map, man. They are a team that can absolutely just fade away, not even show up literally not even score against a defense that was at one time one of the worst in college football this season i think these are two of the most disappointing teams all season it's funny because ohio state almost backed their way into the playoffs i guess you could even say washington almost backed their way into the playoffs even though both teams extremely disappointing this year washington though unbelievably bogus ohio state wins it for their guy urban myers in a landslide all right 8.45 Eastern Time, New Year's Day night, All-State Sugar Bowl, Texas versus Georgia. Texas 15th team in the country this year, Georgia at 5. They really just missed it. Some believe they should be in the college football playoffs. Uh, a lot of people ask, is Texas back? I say no. I think Texas is insanely bogus. Georgia's 11.5 point favorites. I like them to cover. I like them to win this game running away. I think Georgia should run the game running away. I could see a weird scenario where Texas stays in that money. Personally, if I touch it, though, I'm definitely taking Georgia. Much better team. Just even NFL though, quarterback. Even though they just missed out, sometimes those teams that just missed out on the playoffs want to dominate just to show them, see, we were better than those teams that underperformed in whatever games are yet to come. Right. And gang, keep in mind those picks. They're, you know, on Benny's side, he had some science behind it. For me, I'm just going with my gut. I'm just throwing darts at a board. Kind of like March Madness in a sense. Now our national champions. It's a funny thing because I really do like all the programs in the mix. But I I idolize Nick Saban to an extent. Idolize might be a small overstatement. I admire the hell out of that guy, though. I just can't go against them. I think Bama wins it all. Yeah, I think Bama wins it, too. If we're looking at a Bama-Clemson game, the line's probably about 6.5, 8.5. God, if we're looking at Oklahoma, it's probably closer to 11 and 12, as dumb as that sounds. I will say this. I could see an instance where Oklahoma really keeps that game tight, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's you just possible, can't bet but... against Nick. You can't bet against the, uh, the Roll Tide, man. You just can't do it. You got to go Roll Tide all day. Nick Saban's going to cruise to this national championship, even if the national championship itself might be slightly close. I think Clemson can keep it close. 
get him to sweat in the third or fourth. Sure. I just don't think with this young quarterback, though, they can take him. Yeah, uh, I hear you, man. It's going to be fun, gang. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed our holiday bowl season episode. When we have sports content to deliver, we deliver it with the best of them. So, gang, we'll be back with you soon for our Christmas extravaganza episode. You are now off the mark. Santa will like these red and green M&M's? I don't know. I never met the guy. <laughs> he does exist. They do exist. Oh. Uh, Santa?